Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cinematic Schematic, the official podcast of thecinematropolis.com, your home to thoughtful conversations on film, and this year's podcast media partner for the Dead Center 2023 Film Festival. I'm your host, Caleb Masters, and today we are looking at another one of Dead Center's Oklahoma documentaries, Writing Legacy. This is one I'm really interested uh, to dive into. So we're going to kick things off by talking with the director about what inspired him to make a documentary about this specifically underrepresented group of cowboys before talking a little bit more about how they unearthed the history and maybe talk a little bit about what it might mean for us today. And lastly, we'll close out by talking a little bit about how you can watch the film. And before we get into today's conversation, just wanted to quickly note that if you're enjoying the show, uh, make sure to listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app. Doing so is going to make sure that you have podcasts sent directly to you. Uh, We have so many exclusive Dead Center conversations, you won't want to miss it. So let's get to the film. Oklahoma's black culture is definitely rooted in cowboy culture. As a cowboy, when you pull, when you wake up every morning, you put your jeans on, and you put your boots on, and you put your cowboy hat on, you walk that walk, you talk that talk. This is a, a lifestyle to us. We wake up and breathe, sleep, eat, and drink this. You know what I'm saying? This is just what we do. This is what we were born doing. This is what we was raised up on. According to a shortened version of the description from the Dead Center website, writing legacy is described as a documentary about the Oklahoma cowboy community that has existed since the early 1850s. The team began documenting the rodeo season in 2022 from April to September, and the documentary highlights the origin of black cowboys and cowgirls, the black radio community, and the future of Oklahoma black cowboys and cowgirls who ride professionally and locally. And joining me today to talk about the film is Keon Taylor, the film's co-director, editor, cinematographer. Keon, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, Caleb. Thank you for having me. So I hear this is your first film in Dead Center. First film in Dead Center, first film ever directed. hey congratulations, man. Thank you so much. I, I find this, this whole subject really fascinating. My dad was a big John Wayne fan growing up, and I kind of went through the phase where you resent cowboys for a while because your dad liked them so right. much. But now that I'm getting uh, you know older, more curmudgeon, I'm like, huh, there's something interesting here. So when I saw your film on the schedule, I was like, this is interesting um, because we really don't see black cowboys and media hardly ever and outside of being underrepresented in media we don't ever talk about it in history class so i want to hear about what excited you about this specific subgroup or digging into the subgroup what about this project interested you well there were uh, multiple variables that i was interested in uh, highlighting in our film and you hit it right on the head in regards of just the underrepresentation of the black cowboy in media. Just like you said, we normally see the John Waynes, the Clint Eastwoods. You know, throughout history, that was something you rarely see was the black cowboy. And so growing up here in Oklahoma, being an athlete, I had friends that, you know, played football, played baseball. And then when they would go home, they would, you know, tend to, you know, raising horses with their with their fathers or grandfathers, uh, something that they've been doing for generations. And so... Um, now becoming a filmmaker here in 2023 um, and having friends that partake in that particular lifestyle, I was just interested as far as capturing the athleticism part of it because, you know, these are guys that, you know, for example, Ronnie Davis, who is a former D1 athlete, played at the University of Kansas. He now rides today um, in the Pony Express with a, a group called GHB, Go Hard Boys. And so he trains the same way, like as if he was playing football. He walks his horse, he, he works out, he works out with his horse um, and things of that nature. And so I really wanted to, you know, 
capture the athleticism side as well as you know find some professional riders that we can highlight as well in our film um, a couple of the professional riders that we were able to uh, document is a gentleman by the name of Danelle Tipton uh, was a professional bull rider uh, won a few world titles, um, as well as Tori Johnson, who currently rides um, in the professional circuit of steer wrestling. Oh, wow. So how did you uh, go about, A, finding, and B, recruiting, I would call them unicorns? You know, we were traveling through the Black Rodeo circuit uh, last year in 2022, from April to September. And so as we were going around with our cameras, like, you know, people, you know, there was a few people that were, you know, shying away, like, oh, I don't really care to be on camera. Um, however, there were individuals that were not afraid to be on camera and come talk to us. And so even as we were filming and documenting the experience, like we were learning, you know, myself, like I haven't, I've never been to a black rodeo until last year. Wow. And so as I'm traveling and as I'm documenting, I'm learning. And so as I'm learning, that's where our story slowly, you know, started to come together and like the right people eventually, um, you know, came together as well because as we were documenting there, this bit, we would do a, you know, we'll say we'll do an interview with someone like, okay, you need to go talk to this person, you need to go talk to that person, and then essentially it, it, it formulated a little community amongst like us, you know, in regards of us being a you know film crew as well as individuals that have amazing stories that, I mean, we could we could talk about and put it on the on the big screen. Now, I, I think it's great. And again, the subjects you found really are unique and, and create a pretty powerful narrative. But it sounds like you set out to do a documentary about the athleticism. Did you find that uh, some of those other themes about representation kind of found their way into the process later? Like, how, how did you sort of discover the kernel of the, the main thrust of the story? I think that was just something that we we all can agree and we all know that there's the lack of representation in media period. I mean, not even just in the black cowboy world, but just a lack of like black filmmakers in general. And so the fact of the matter is like knowing, you know, just my, like I said, myself being here from Oklahoma, uh, traveling to other places and other different states, you know, we've kind of like don't really have our own sense of identity as like, okay, well, what, what do you guys do there? Especially as a black culture, you know, because when you go to places like New York, of course, they got hip hop, you know, same thing with LA hip hop. You got jazz in New Orleans and Oklahoma really doesn't have like, okay, what, you know, other than like, you know, black Wall Street. So, well, one being a filmmaker looking for those types of stories because the stories I would like to tell are stories that, you know, essentially are about, you know, African-Americans, black, you know, black individuals that are from this particular region. Now having that community and going out and learning more about the community, it more so inspired me to make sure that is it's glorified to the level to where it's now becoming about black history and drawing the parallel to where people from other states, when they do see this documentary, it's like, well, wow, like that is amazing that Oklahoma is actually, you know, a, a, a dope state to go to and just see, you know, black people or people of color to do amazing things and as well to be respected on the same level as like the same way we respect like an NBA athlete or a major league, you know, baseball player, NFL athlete as well. But then also too, you know, drawing that parallel within like that black history of like, hey, there's people that have been doing this for years that we never even knew about. Paving the way to kind of popularizing the, the rodeo sport. It, what would you say, uh, out of curiosity, and this is, uh, this is coming from a place of ignorance on my end, uh, okay. having never been to a rodeo personally, okay. what would you say 
are sort of some of the, the key skills, like in terms of athleticism, that doing a rodeo requires? I'm just curious. Wow. Um, if you come out to a black rodeo, which I highly recommend that you do. Um, matter of fact, right now there are rodeos going on um, now and throughout September, so you should definitely check one out. But there's multiple events that go on at the Black Rodeo. I'll use one, for example, that was created here um, in the state of Oklahoma. The Osaka tribe actually um, is one of the first tribes that formed this particular attraction, which is called the Pony Express. And so Pony Express was adopted by the Black Rodeos. A gentleman by the name of Reggie Williams in our documentary goes really in depth in regards and talks about how it was the origin of that particular sport. What you can see, like the athleticism is, is like, so basically the Pony Express is, it's like a four-man, re- it's, it's equivalent to like a four-man relay race in, in track. You've seen track, right? Like, oh, yeah. Okay, so handing off a baton, you know, 100 meters and then hand off the baton to somebody else. So in the, in the Pony Express, it's, it's an eight-man or eight, you know, eight-man team that will go around four barrels and there's a barrel in the middle. And so it's, a, it's basically to mimic the Pony Express, like for back in the day when mm-hmm. they would travel from state to state and deliver mail. So they would carry the baton. The baton is essentially the representation of a mail. Yeah. And so they would go around this, these four barrels and they would hand off the baton to their teammate. And so sometimes you'll see maybe four, house, four horses piled up around this baton and a, a rider having to reach across two horses to hand off their baton to their teammate. And you'll see clips like that in our in our film, Riding Legacy. And so the um, the amount of athleticism it takes to do that and just the, you know, the the risk, the risk taken behind it. Because you can you can seriously get hurt out there and they're traveling, you know, and don't quote me on the number about 30 to 40 miles per hour. Like that's I mean, that's that's, that's a, insane. Exactly. While trying to pass off a baton to your teammate as well as operate this horse and keep it from crashing into one another. Man, that's really impressive. And you definitely have inspired me to go check out a black rodeo. Just a, a type of spectacle I, I have uh, not fully appreciated until, until I saw your documentary, frankly. So what would you say is one of the key learnings you took? This is being like your first feature film. What would you say is one of your key takeaways about filmmaking? One of my key takeaways from filmmaking um, is to, in order to elevate, um, you definitely need expansion. And what I mean by expansion is definitely having a team. Um, you can't do everything. Um, I come from the world of freelancing. Um, I'm actually a content creator uh, currently right now on the Pivot Podcast, uh, as well as I'm the content creator for Ryan Clark's DB Precision. And so in those particular spaces, you know, I typically, you know, I'll, I'll go out, I'll film, I'll edit, I'll do the sound design for whatever content that we're putting out. And now sitting in the director's chair, I mean, for my first project, did I direct it? Did I, you know, DP as well as I was a camera operator, plus I was editing. I mean, due to the lack of budget that we had on this particular project, yes, we did it to get it done. Um, however, though, I know that, you know, these amazing film pieces that we love, these beautiful quality put together pieces that we see on Netflix, I understand why they look the way that they do. I understand why they sound the way that they sound. You know, the color correcting and color grading aspects to film, you know, these are done by by teams and teams of Mm -hmm. people. And so for myself as a first time filmmaker, um, as well as, you know, me as a future filmmaker, I definitely learned that you know, definitely going to have to expand, grow that team and 
you know, learn how to put out beautiful projects amongst a multitude of people. Yeah, great takeaway. Kind of like, uh, you know, the first time you kind of figure out what all the mechanics are and you're like, wait a second. Could do that better. That's cool. No, I think that's uh, that only spells exciting things for the future of your next projects. Absolutely. I want to start to wind down, but there, I did have a couple of last questions I want to ask you. And uh, again, I think this is probably this question is more for listeners who maybe aren't as engaged in the the cowboy community. What does it mean to be a black cowboy or cowgirl in Oklahoma in 2023? What does it mean to be a black cowboy, black cowgirl? Or your, your take on it, at least. At least my take um it's something to definitely be proud of you know um for this but to have those types of skills to be a part of something that essentially everyone cannot do like that is something to be proud of that is something to be inspired and now you essentially have a job to do a responsibility especially those that are riders that have been around for for decades or even I'd even say within the last five to seven years, I feel like they all have a responsibility to do because now with this film being put out and now it's able to be seen by, I mean, young children from, you know, all ages as well as on a global scale, you know, the way that, you know, we carry ourselves in regards like to the, like going to Black Rodeos and being a part of Black Rodeos as well as like the representation that we have of ourselves as black cowboys and black cowgirls you know, to the entire world, I think that, you know, it is important that, you know, or I'm not a black cowboy, but for those that are there, you definitely have to make sure that, you know, we continue to, you know, push it forward and be, be a beacon for those that are up and coming. Yeah. I think I appreciate you sharing your perspective. And again, listeners, you got to check out the documentary. And not only do you see really feats of physical talent, but again, I think for me, it was like a really, it's like, a, hey, this is a whole new subculture. Let's sit back and learn. So the credits roll on the documentary. What do you hope audiences take away from the film? Like what are the kind of like ideas or experiences you hope they, they, they have once the, the film concludes? Uh, once the film concludes, you know, I, I hope that was informative. I hope that, you know, anyone that watches our film, they, they do their research. You know, they definitely research the things that we're talking about, as well as, you know, go to a rodeo, continue to support the community. Uh, that's the most important thing to us um, as a whole. And I can speak for Jay and Nicole on this. You know, with the film, you know, this may or may not make it to Netflix. We hope that it makes it to Netflix or a big streaming platform or, you know, we get a nice uh, distributor that helps us, you know, take this to the highest level possible. But even if that does not happen, you know, more than anything that is the black cowboy community here in Oklahoma continues to thrive or even grows from that. There's hope there's more sponsors that will go out and want to support, you know, these riders. You know, how do we take them from black rodeos to the professional circuit? Or how can we just make black rodeos even bigger? How can we get involved and to take this to, you know, you know, to, to make this a real like Oklahoma thing. You know, one thing I do love about living in the state of Oklahoma is the fact that we support our own, you know, the MIO made in Oklahoma and not just black. It has to be white. It has to be Asian. It has to be all of us. You know, we're not, Oklahoma's not that big of a state, you know, and it, it, it's like that for a reason. And so we all have to get involved and we all have to make sure that when we do watch this film, don't just get inspired and walk away, get inspired and go to a rodeo and definitely make sure we keep that community thriving. All right. Well, Keon, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. It's been uh, a pleasure as well, too. Where uh, can people follow you and uh, either your work or, or the, the future of the film online? You can follow our Instagram and Facebook at Writing Legacy Film. All right. 
Uh, well, Keon, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for joining the Cinemax Mag Yes, today. sir. Thank you so much, Caleb. And listeners, thank you for joining us. Again, you can keep up with all things Dead Center. Firstly, by going to deadcenterfilm.org, uh, but also by listening to the podcast, the Cinemax Schematics, subscribing and having episodes delivered to you each and every day of the festival. Thanks so much for joining us, everyone. We'll catch you again next time. Thank you.